The following is a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management. Dan, thanks for joining us once again for Business Sense Radio with your host, Edward King. Fascinating conversations about the world we live in and the issues of the day. And once again, let's hear from Edward King. Thank you very much, Mark. And and again, for all our listeners today across the many states that we are being played in, welcome to Business Sense Radio. Now, you can find us on the web by typing bcrradio.com. Yes, that has two R's. And catch all of our past radio shows and hear our guest covering very interesting topics that matter to all of us. And it's really regardless of your political leaning. This is not designed to trash one side or the other, but it is to bring the facts out so that you can start making some educated decisions about your choices in life. Now, today we have another very interesting um, guest, and his name is Matthew Hurt. He is from the Leadership Institute, which sits in Arlington, Virginia, but it has a wide reach. It works with all states here in the lower 48. And uh, I also understand that they have had outreach into other countries, Australia, Germany, and so forth. Now, Matt has a wide reaching, wide ranging background. And, uh, you know, I'm going to let Matt kind of cover that when we bring them on. and um, But I do want to say this, that the Learning Institute really is an amazing uh, outreach effort that they do. And what they're working on is they teach conservatives of all ages how to succeed in politics, succeed in government, and even so, the media. So, Matt, let's bring you on right now. Matthew Hurt, welcome to the show. Edward, thanks so much for the opportunity. Really uh, excited to talk about what the Leadership Institute is doing in communities across the country and even, as you mentioned, uh, across the globe. Happy to be here. Yeah. And, you know, just for uh, the listeners to understand, I went to one of your events last night and uh, it was a like a three-hour training seminar that was very, very interesting and about reaching out, finding volunteers, managing volunteers in a political campaign or any other type of, of um, organization that you do interact with volunteers and also getting donations and so on and so forth. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Matthew? Certainly, Edward. I I grew up outside Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I got involved in politics at a young age, ran for local office at the age of 19, uh, came within 92 votes of defeating a 16-year incumbent. By that time, I'd been bitten by the bug, uh, was very involved in college, uh, both uh, in issue groups and uh, the, the, the college Republicans. Uh, Got involved, got connected to Leadership Institute in 2007, and when I graduated in 2009, I I moved to Arlington, Virginia, where our headquarters is, and and, and worked for Leadership Institute identifying conservative college students. Uh, That was a a sort of my gateway into professional conservative activism. 
went on to manage a campaign for state Senate, uh, write direct mail fundraising appeals for high-profile conservative uh, clients, and then for about six years was the conference or public-facing talent for a nationwide conservative organization. So I would be at conferences like CPAC and Young Americans for Liberty and Turning Point uh, over the last six or seven years. And then finally, again, late last year, settled back at Leadership Institute, where I now run our career programs, conservativejobs.com, and our internship. Uh, so mm-hmm. basically, I am I am your switchboard into the conservative movement for employment opportunities in public policy, politics, and even the media. That's amazing. Now, what's interesting to me, as you've kind of covered some of the details of your background experience, is I don't think people in our audience or people across our our country really understand all of what goes into a campaign. You know, it what when we as voters or consumers of media, all we do is we just see what is going on in front of us, whether it's a TV commercial or a door-to-door person or, you know, the rhetoric that comes from the news and so forth. So it sounds to me, based on your experience, that there is so much more that goes on in running a campaign. What do you think? I mean, what are some of the elements that occur with that? You know, Edward, depending upon the size of the campaign, there are so many facets from fundraising to organizing on the ground. You know, you mentioned uh, recruiting volunteers, a training that you took part in recently. Um, That is geared toward our standard, you know, partisan activists or campaign activists to engage them on how to recruit and maintain volunteers. There's Mm -hmm. messaging and strategy. You know, we teach candidates and campaign managers uh, how to message on the issues, you know, how to uh, articulate your ideas and your philosophy in a way that attracts new voters. And over the course of, you know, since 1979, our founding, uh, we have trained more than 250,000 activists in over 51 programs from campaign management to candidate training to on-screen television training to uh, most recently in June of this year, our nine-day campaign leadership college, which teaches high-level campaign activists how to manage campaigns for Congress, for U.S. Senate, for governor, and even for parliamentary elections abroad, where we do have a an excellent relationship with a number of political entities in Canada, in Europe, in Australia, and beyond. Well, that's interesting. Now, <clears throat> Just, I just want to throw this out. This might be a little bit of a change of direction, but I don't think so. One of the things that I that is appealing to me about the Leadership Institute is that it, it goes out there and specifically talks about organizing grassroots campaigns. Now, I'll have to tell you a little history about California and the Republican Central Committee or the Republican National Committee is that the Republicans as a whole have pretty much almost divorced California from their whole mindset. So there has been a number of races that have occurred over the last, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 years where had there been the funding coming from the national committee, had there been some of the organizational strength that they certainly do have at the national level, we could have won some critical uh, races here in California, but because they ignore it, you know, California has fallen further and further and further into a one-party state. 
that's where this grassroots organization is is coming in on its own almost like in 2010 when we had the tea party now the tea party was national it was extremely effective at impacting national and state level um, elections how can people who are interested even at the level of school boards or certainly in Congress districts and so forth, whether it's state level or even national level, what does the Learning Institute have as tools for grassroots campaigns and organizations? Edward, it can be demoralizing to live and and be a political actor in a place where an overwhelming majority of your neighbors are on the other side of uh, of the aisle from you. Uh, you I live in Arlington, Virginia, where 80 percent of my neighbors voted for Joe Biden in 2020. Um, But the Leadership Institute has at at your fingertips uh, an almost unlimited access to uh, to ways that you can be a better activist, uh, training opportunities both in person and online at leadershipinstitute.org and leadershipinstitute.training. Uh, our online platform has more than 300 hours of programming. So if you think, you know, you live in a in a small town in Northern California and you think that you're the only conservative activist, um, you can right now today go and find training opportunities online. Or if you've got a network of conservative activists in your community, you can recruit and organize an in-person training, much like the one you participated in, Edward, earlier this week. And then, you know, the training does two things. It provides you with the the skills and and, and techniques to win, but it also motivates activists. You know, one of the things that training provides, be it a three-hour evening training or our intense, you know, two-day youth leadership school, Mm -hmm. uh, it provides provides the, the level of enthusiasm that empowers activists to then go out and, and make a change. And you mentioned school boards. Uh, yeah. You know, at the, the time of the recording of this, this episode, uh, on Tuesday of this week, the Florida school board, there was a revolution across the state of Florida. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Governor DeSantis endorsed 30 candidates for school board, a great partner uh, for us, Moms for Liberty, endorsed, I think, more than 40 candidates, 43 candidates won school board races. A good number of them were trained by the Leadership Institute, uh, and they flipped Miami-Dade County, Sarasota, Brevard. Duval and Clay County all flipped to conservative school board majorities, and we had trained candidates in uh, in every one of those counties. I think the last I checked, we're we're still running the numbers, but at least ten candidates for school board in Florida had taken Leadership Institute school board mm-hmm. training. Yeah, uh, and what that looks like is is moms and dads over the last two two and a half years have gotten really interested in what's going on in our schools, and many of them are are not expressly political. And so they said, "Well, how do I get involved? How do I show up to a school board meeting? How do I run for school board if I need to?" Uh, and our school board director is a, a woman by the name of Bridget Ziegler, who you probably seen on on national news this week. She got elected, uh, reelected to the Sarasota School Board on Tuesday, and she brought with her a full slate of conservative uh, moms and dads uh, who flipped that school board from 3-2 woke 
to 4-1 conservative majority. And that is because Leadership Institute offers trainings for people to learn how to run for office, even all the way down the ballot uh, at the school board level. Well, actually, in terms of what you just said, that's excellent and amazing. The I think the key thing that people need to realize in the audience and those that are really concerned about the direction of politics for whichever state they're in, because we are like in Washington state, Seattle and Portland and those places that do listen to our show, they're really in deep, deep, deep trouble. And I think Many Democrats are starting to wake up to what it was that they voted for. And unfortunately, they're fearful from even being able to speak up because, you know, they're going to get crushed by someone's thumb. Now, what I wanted to mention was you're in a situation with Florida, not you personally, but with Florida, there's a little bit more, um, how should I say it? less management of who actually gets elected. And what I mean by that is in California, uh, one of the guiding lights is it doesn't really matter who you vote for. What really matters is who's counting the votes. And here's an example. There was a recall um, desired for the district attorney in Los Angeles. Name is George Gascon. And the the activists, the organizers did go out and get over 700,000 names, uh, signatures in compliance to getting it on the ballot. Well, then when it went to the group who were the ones that were going to certify and audit the signatures, you know, they kicked off 200,000 names, which made it so that there would be no recall. Because as you might know, as a national story, there was a recall of the the um, Soros-backed DA in San Francisco, which just turned the city into a, a criminal haven, which is what they're experiencing in Los Angeles. So, so my concern is I am super glad to see with Florida and many other states in the United States where these grassroots, not the traditional powerhouse of the left, are able to go in there and make a difference. One of the things that the poor people in California face is it doesn't matter how right they are or how hard they work on you know, campaigning and bringing good candidates to the forefront. It's like they don't have a chance. And without the Republican National Committee actually getting in there and throwing some valid dollars, California continues to lose. And that's the reason why I wanted to bring in the Leadership Institute because smaller people, locals, countywide, so on and so forth, this is our only tool that I believe that we have is an organization like you. Now, you had mentioned some of the training programs and that's on the website. That's leadershipinstitute.org slash training. You have a list of on-demand as well as almost in-person training, which I think makes a big difference. Is there anything there that you want to feature? 
Well, I mean, the, the, the point here is, you know, a lot of moms and dads in the school board space are busy. Mm-hmm. You're, you're juggling uh, professional responsibilities, children at home, you know, getting to soccer practice, getting yeah. to church. And, uh, and at leadershipinstitute.training, we have, like I said, 300 hours of online on demand that you can take at your leisure once you put the kids to bed. Or if mm-hmm. you get an hour, you know, on a Saturday morning with a cup of coffee before they're awake. Uh, or, you know, if you take your lunch break. Um, at work and you want to listen to something, the programming there is in, you know, 15, 25, 35, 45 minute blocks. Yep. It's very easy to consume and to pick up where you left off. Um, mm-hmm. So if you, if you know, if you're just in your community and you're not sure where the other activists are, um, you can pursue training training there. But, you know, if you see something, if you want something in person in your community and increasingly since, you know, summer of last year, we have you know, the demand for in-person training has only risen uh, almost exponentially. We can, you know, you mentioned Nathan uh, at the at the training yep. you attended, Nathan Fatal out in California. You know, we can connect you with people on the ground who in a matter of weeks can put together an in-person programming. Um, and then, you know, all you're responsible for as an activist is recruiting your friends and neighbors and securing a venue. And, and we can do those and we love to do those in person. In fact, uh, just this week, Edward, um, as I was preparing for this interview, um, we've got a gentleman here in the in the office, a guy by the name of Ron Naring, who is responsible for our international programs, but he is the former candidate for lieutenant governor in California back in the early 2010s. Uh, he is putting together um, a fairly aggressive training travel schedule across California. Um, so I, I think, you know, you, you've referenced resources. Um, you know, the party does need to raise some money, but it's also up to candidates to raise money. And, you know, the candidate who raises the most money isn't always uh, the most successful. We saw Meg Whitman right. Uh, in California, outraised Jerry Brown by you know four to one, and and she didn't she didn't break through. And uh, you know, getting with access to the ballot, we saw in in Michigan a few weeks ago, five Republican candidates knocked off the ballot for governor because they had hired a shady canvassing firm that that forged signatures. And so we have to make sure as conservatives that we're operating above board and that we're we're running to win. With a uh, a campaign machine that is highly effective, highly skilled, highly trained, and you can find all of those elements uh, across Leadership Institute programming. Yep, and I, I'll just mention a couple of them that seem to be very interesting to me. One of them that um, I've personally have signed up for is on podcasting, which uh, really is very important in social media world. There is public speaking workshops. There is the one I went to, which was the Volunteer Army Builder, which is working with and guiding uh, volunteers. Uh, There is also this school board campaign training. It's the on-demand anytime, as you were mentioning, and that seems to be a very, very busy area of where we can make a difference, especially in terms of protecting our children. But it also extends into other things like legislative hearing workshops. That was pretty interesting. So I really do encourage people to check out the websites, the two that you've mentioned, and uh, and, and jump in there and realize that there are resources that will help you, uh, guide you in terms of your uh, political persuasions. Now, I, it, 
I don't want to miss this opportunity to mention some of the other well-known names that are involved with the Leadership Institute. So I know a lot of people have seen in the news the Congressman Dan Crenshaw, and I understand that he is supportive of the Leadership Institute. And you also have some interesting graduates, such as Jim Jordan, who is the U.S. representative from Ohio. Are there any other names that people should be aware of that prove that the Learning Institute really is the real deal. You know, Edward, you mentioned the Tea Party a few minutes ago. Yeah. And one of the coolest stories, it's 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 really cool to see, you know, people like Jim Jordan and Dan Crenshaw who are elected to Congress. Uh, there's a congressman out of Florida by the name of Byron Donalds. And mm-hmm. Byron got involved in politics during the Tea Party. The You know, he, he showed up as an activist. He took a Leadership Institute training. He went on to get elected to the State House. And now he serves in Congress. I think, you know, where we see a lot of our success are those down ballot races for county commission, city council, state house, state senate. Uh, now, I, jokingly, state senate in California, the districts are bigger than the congressional districts. But um, you know, those down ballot races are where we can, you know, polish, uh, sharpen the, the the speaking skills, the the messaging skills, and the knowledge, and then you know, usher those conservative leaders up, up, up to, uh, you know, to wherever it is they, they want to run. We have, um, you know, I was just looking at our, our member of Congress or the number of congressmen who've been trained by Leadership Institute. I think we have about 27 members of the House of Representatives right now who have uh, interacted with the Leadership Institute training. I think three U.S. senators who uh, are, are LI trained. And then, um, you know, we train the next the next wave of conservative journalists through campusreform.org. And we have more than a hundred former campus reform writers, staffers, employees who are working in the media right now at places like Fox News, Newsmax, One America, uh, and, and across actually into um, you know, the more middle of the road journalism, Associated Press, Wall Street mm-hmm. Journal, and, and so on and so forth. So our trained activists are all over the public policy process. Um, you know, we've got a, a lot of folks who work on the Hill, um, who, who are doing the day-to-day work of crafting legislation and advancing conservative principles in, uh, in Congress, but also folks who are, you know, out in Sacramento in the state house, you know, uh, state employees there and, and legislators uh, out there who have all taken LI training. There isn't, you know, if you go into a room of 30 or, or 50 conservative activists, uh, you're going to find at least a handful of Leadership Institute trained folks. Uh, and it's just really awesome to see the reach and the impact of, of what's happening when we train conservatives to advance our principles in the public policy process. It's really exciting. And, and over the next, you know, through 2024, uh, Morton Blackwell, our president, has tasked us with training another 70,000 conservative activists. Um, and, and we're on the ground every day doing it. You see it in our programming at leadershipinstitute.org slash training. Uh, and we love, love, love when we when we get requests from out in the states from activists who say we could be very successful if we just had three hours of of get out the vote training or an mm-hmm. eight hour campaign training, and we love to we love to put those on the calendar, and we love to meet our activists where they are in their communities. Right, and and I think those are good points. I also want to point out that on your homepage of the learning uh, the Leadership Institute, there is a <coughs> excuse me a free 
60-page guide to grassroots campaigning that you can download, and that is free. The other thing I want to mention, because we need to take a uh, quick um, sponsor break, but one of the things that I've noticed with the people who are interested in, in getting active in campaigning is that People can't hide behind social media and just basically become cut-and-paste talking heads because that really doesn't move the needle. And from what I can see and what I understand, the, the biggest challenge is the door-to-door campaigning is actually the most effective. Would you agree with that? So the, the science is settled on this. Uh, Green Gerber is a study. Your listeners can Google this. Uh, they have studied election outreach uh, for every election for the last 20 years or so. And one-on-one conversations at the door increase turnout uh, by a significant amount. So if you're mm-hmm. running in a close race uh, and you have to pick door-to-door or lit drop, what people consider is dropping a, a piece of literature at someone's door without talking to somebody or live phone calls or mailers or television and radio, um, my money every time is on door-to-door canvassing with live human beings who are talking to voters about the issues. That is the the biggest way to move the needle in your direction is yeah. to go out and speak directly to voters. It's great when the candidate can do it, but it's also really good when volunteers or paid staff can do it as well. I love mm-hmm. getting out um, and, and knocking on doors because we, you know, you hear a lot about what issues people are actually talking about, not what they tell you at, you know, at the the state newspaper or MSNBC or Fox right. News wherever, but what people are actually talking about, and you're able to respond in real time to the issues that are affecting voters and and really think about those. So yes, 100% door-to-door is the most effective way. That said, you know, there is an important place for online organizing and for networking and for mm-hmm. uh, messaging on, on social media. Right. You should be involved in those spaces, but, but when it comes to voter turnout, one-on-one conversations at the door is the most impactful way. All right. Well, with that, why don't we need to take a quick break for our sponsors? You're listening to Business Sense Radio, and we will be right back. You want your property to be protected from break-ins, vandalism, and loitering, yet guards and patrol services are expensive. ATG Protect by Alvarez Technology Group is the perfect affordable solution. ATG Protect is a video surveillance solution with cameras powered by artificial intelligence and backed by live guards who can intervene and scare off unwanted intruders and even call first responders when needed. ATG Protect gives you peace of mind and keeps you safe, secure, and successful. Contact Alvarez Technology Group at 831-753-7677 or on the web at alvareztg.com. Business owners, do you want to build a successful business? Invest in your most valuable asset, your staff. Alliance Career Training Solutions solve your staff training needs. Employees need to be successful for you to be successful. At Alliance Career Training, we provide professional, hands-on training classes, including Excel, Word, business writing, Outlook, and sexual harassment as required by law. Ask about our custom classes for your team. Call 755-8200 or visit us at AllianceTrains.com. Thank you. We're back. And today we have got an excellent guest in regards to 
<clears throat> his name is Matthew Hurt. He's with the Leadership Institute in Arlington, Virginia. But they are very supportive of grassroots organizations, and they provide amazing amount of tools, training, and resources to help individuals who are very concerned about the direction of their county, their school boards, their state, and the nation as a whole. So I want to continue on with <clears throat> talking about what we are faced with in terms of this upcoming election. We have a very short period of time between now and November. And as much as 2024 sounds like it's a long ways away, you will be surprised time passes very quickly. And driving a campaign is not something that you can just start in October for a November vote. Because early voting starts in California, as an example, October 7th. And in regards to many other states, and you've got to be able to get the word out. And that was the reason why we brought um, the Leadership Institute, Matt Hurt, Matthew Hurt, online with us and talk about the online training, the in-person workshops, and so on and so forth. Now, you had mentioned a book, and there's a there's a couple of different books that um, were mentioned to me last night by Nathan, and one of them was Get Out the Vote by Green and Gerber. That's available on Kindle or Amazon, or you can buy it in soft, hard copy, or the electronic version. And the other book that he mentioned um, seems a little controversial to me, but it is very effective. It's called Mobilizing in Inclusion, Transforming the Electric Through Get Out the Vote Campaigns. Uh, and you can find that on Kindle as well. And what that's interesting is basically, especially that second book, is really the radical left's play playbook, you know, how they map out. And where I want to say about that is it really is time to fight fire with fire. And what you had mentioned right before we went on break, which was the door-to-door campaigning style, that is crucial in terms of actually moving the uncommitted into the, the right voting choice. But one of the challenges in that regards is the, the person running for office can't do the door-to-door alone. And that's where the volunteering comes through. And then in addition to that, it's not just all about volunteers, but active volunteers. And the active volunteers are educated and directed in terms of how to answer questions, what points to bring up, and so on and so forth. Because you had mentioned about the drop, which is just leave a piece of paper at the front door. That's easy, but it doesn't make any difference in terms of people's understanding of the issues or the candidate being able to hear what people are concerned about, just like Matthew pointed out. You make, a, you make an excellent point, Edward, and, and what I think a lot of especially conservative activists don't realize is that most political technology, and when I use the term political technology, I mean mm-hmm. the things that you do in the course of advancing your philosophical political beliefs, um, most political technology is philosophically neutral. That means it applies to the the green environmentalists, it impl- it applies to progressives and liberals, it applies to conservatives. So when organizing, when having meetings, when engaging people on the issues, when uh, engaging in direct voter contact, there is not a Republican or a Democrat label to most of that activity. Now, are mm-hmm. there some tactics that 
that many on the right would find objectionable? Yes, there are. Uh, however, when when organizing around an issue, around a candidate or a cause, um, the the top ten issues or the top ten ways to connect with voters work just as well for Democrats as they do for Republicans. And that is something that uh, when Nathan suggests the books, especially books about the success of uh, the Obama grassroots movement, uh, when we talk about Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals, when we talk about the book Confrontational Politics, um, all of those uh, those elements in there in individually taken one at a time uh, work by and large, most of them uh, for the left as well as they do for the right. And that is something, you know, if, if activists are engaged, if they're educated, you know, we're not just leaving literature at the door, but we're talking about the issues and we're listening to voters, um, then it, it allows voters to say, okay, this this person, this candidate really does care about me. And the perfect example is in 2012, exit polling showed that voters overwhelmingly trusted Mitt Romney on every issue, every single issue the economy, foreign policy, you know, any other domestic policy. Voters overwhelmingly trusted Mitt Romney, but on the issue that mattered most, it does he know, does he know how my life experience is? Barack Obama carried the day, and that's what people voted on was who can I it seems trivial, but who can I have a beer with? You know, who who understands my problems? And if you have a, a candidate who listens and articulates solutions based you know, solutions-based no. answers to, to big problems, you have what I call a happy warrior who goes out and inspires people to vote for him or her and inspires people to volunteer and to get involved in the in the process. Mm-hmm. Now, you also mentioned kind of a little controversy there earlier about objectionable things that the left does. What were those that you're well, referring to? Yeah, so so you know, conservatives really didn't learn to protest until the Tea Party in in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, protesting, rioting, destruction of public property is uh, is primarily a tool that that the left uses in 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 their you know quiver of political technology. You won't find, and you sort of mentioned this at the beginning of the show, Edward. Um, most conservatives are raising a family, building a business saving for retirement, providing for pros- pro- their posterity, uh, mm-hmm. going to church. They're not, they don't have a lot of extra time to track their politicians all the time, or much less get involved in the kinds of, pro- excuse me, protests and political activity right. that just takes up a lot of time. Uh, and, and so, you know, we see it more frequently on the left, uh, but certainly the more violent aspects of um, Occupy Wall Street, uh, the the far left socialist and progressive movements, Antifa, uh, and and you know your listeners up in the Pacific Northwest and Portland and Seattle know better than almost anybody, uh, you know what it looks like when Antifa is engaged in your downtown communities. And so mm-hmm. the left is a little more, I think, a little more um, accepting of political violence in that space. Uh, and, and I think that it's something that conservatives shy away from because we believe in institutions. We have reverence for uh, the rule of law and institutions like the courts and our elected yeah. process. Mm-hmm. And so we are less, less, you know, significantly less likely to engage in, in violence in that space because we trust the institutions. Right. 
and the Constitution. Right. Absolutely. And that's a, the foundation of, of, you know, where our rights come from, uh, this concept of, of natural law and rights coming from our creator. We, we had those rights because of our humanity. And government does not grant rights. It protects the rights that are already enshrined in us because of, because of who we are. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> I've noticed like with Turning Point, and I can certainly understand the focus on even the Leadership Institute, which is training and providing information for young activists. What advice would you give to a young conservative looking to make a difference? Because if you, at least what I hear and what I see on campuses, college campuses, and even in the high school ranks, you know, radical is what's listened to. And anything short of being radical is pushed down and attacked. So under that situation, what kind of advice do you, would you give to a young conservative who's looking to get involved, make a difference? Because today is different than 10 years ago. You're absolutely right, Edward. And I'm excited because conservatism is really the counterculture. Uh, young people are, are idealistic. They're rebellious. Um, you know, historically in American uh, protest movements, young mm-hmm. people have led the way because of their idealism. And right now, the status quo is adherence to authority, uh, progressive values it, coming out of Washington and coming out of academia. And it is it's honestly it's way cooler to be conservative to um, to be part of that counterculture. I say if you're a high school student and there's something happening, uh, a teacher has politicized something in your classroom or you're a college student and you think there has to be someone else in class who believes like me, um, the Leadership Institute's campusreform.org highlights leftist abuses and bias on, uh, on certainly on college campuses, but increasingly on, on high school campuses. Yeah. And we partner with organizations like Turning Point, like Young Americans for Liberty, like mm-hmm. Young America's Foundation, like Students for Life, any any conservative or right of center or libertarian uh, student group, we work with them each semester to help them establish uh, chapters on college campuses. So even at UC Berkeley, even at UC Berkeley, there's a conservative student group, and those students are involved, and they protest, and they bring speakers to campus uh, in, a, in a place as, as progressive as Berkeley. So I say, you know, I was a conservative college student one time. I know what it's like to be in an, in an upper division political science class with a liberal professor who is trying to run roughshod over, over my principles. Mm-hmm. Um, be bold. Know what you're talking about, stand up and speak out, and you will find other allies on your campus and in your high school who will say, yeah, this is these are our values. We agree. And then you can start a club, you know, start a turning point club, yeah. start a Second Amendment club, start mm-hmm. a, a libertarian club. And, and we provide students with those resources and tools to do that. As a matter of fact, you do, because there is an activism kit that is available on the Leadership Institute subheading campus that is usable and very helpful and also it also clicks you to upcoming opportunities and helps you create some context now i'm going to give a shout out to kellyanne brooking who is one of your graduates she's a young activist social media content creator up in our seattle washington market so i did want to mention her to everybody out there edward yeah and and 
Kellyanna is such a great, she's a great example of the the kinds of young people that we're identifying and helping. Of course, she came to the table with with quite a following on social media, mm-hmm. um, but she took our flagship two-day youth leadership school in Arlington back mm-hmm. in, in July of this year, and that will only help her, uh, you know, above and beyond to help boost her message. Uh, she got an opportunity to network with 285 other conservative students from across the country. Uh, and we're, we're so happy that Kellyanna, you know, is doing what she's doing in the Pacific Northwest, especially there in Seattle. Yeah. And um, anything, you know, a, a bright spot like Kellyanna and, and other activists, um, we provide them with additional resources, support and opportunities. And it is so great to see so many young people who are standing up and speaking out about their conservative principles. Right. Now, you have some upcoming events coming. So there's in a student activism conferences that I see on your schedule. Most of them are on the East Coast. So Fort Lauderdale in October 8 and 9. You got Raleigh, North Carolina October 22-23, Jacksonville, Florida in November 5 and 6. What type of events are a little bit more regional on the West Coast or Left Coast, as we like to call it, that can that young people can go to and attend and feel that uh, energy that you get when you're surrounded by other like-minded men, you know, minded people? Is there anything coming up on the schedule? Edward, the great thing about especially our campus programs, our flagship youth leadership school, the student activism conferences, even the youth leadership workshops that we host on campuses across the country, mm-hmm. um, one, for for a taste of training, you can request one on your campus. But for those those high-profile trainings, the Youth Leadership School and the Student Activism Conference, thanks to the generous support of Leadership Institute's donors uh, who, who really support this program, we are able to scholarship many times the travel and the lodging for um for young activists. So for instance, in in, in July of this year, we had 285 students from across the country attend our largest ever youth leadership school. Many of them, both their flight and their hotel, their lodging was covered thanks to the generous support of our donors. Um, you know, Leadership Institute was established in 1979. Uh, we have more than 80,000 donors who give at various levels, five, 10, $25, all the way up to uh, much more significant contributions. And they do it because they care about the next generation. They care about the future of our country. And we invest those directly in, uh, you know, into the students who we will, will bring to a training. So the youth leadership school in North Carolina here in a couple of weeks, if you've got a, uh, if there are listeners who are interested in it, um, they can reach out to us and, and, and we can still arrange, uh, you know, scholarship, travel and lodging uh, ahead of those kinds of events. That's really great. Let's, let's tackle both of them. So young people who need the help, young people who want to get more involved, uh, and find a community. How do they do that? Is it just through the website? Do you have phone numbers? Is there specific people that should be contacted? If I would say for the purposes of of this conversation today, anybody who's listening who wants either on-campus training or they want to be connected to a student group or they're interested in grassroots training like what you attended, Edward, um, all of your listeners can contact me at my email address, uh, which is mhurt, H-U-R-T-T, 
at leadershipinstitute.org, and I will plug you in directly to the person who uh, who is the decision maker or who is responsible for um, for whatever it is. I know that out on on the left coast, as you said, mm-hmm. uh, we have our campus program has a regional field coordinators, and they are basically um, your consultant. If you're a college student, they are your consultant in your state. So uh, we've got some out there on the west coast um, that I can connect students directly with. Uh, who, in fact, in looking at the calendar, many of those regional field coordinators are out in their respective states anyway. Um, mm-hmm. We deploy anywhere from 20 to 35 uh, regional field coordinators and field representatives in the fall semester um, to identify conservative college students. And if they're not on your campus today, uh, we can get them to your campus. And and it's, it's a huge investment in the fall semester that we do. And we're so excited to find conservative students. That's how I was identified. I was a mm-hmm. student at Middle Tennessee State University. I was uh, I took a leadership institute training. I met some of their field representatives as I was nearing the end of my college experience and from there I I joined LI as a full-time employee after graduation. It's a, a career track I didn't know existed and for a lot of young people who are looking for employment after college or employment right now, uh, there are unlimited number of of employment opportunities by connecting with leadership institute on your campus or in your community. Yeah, thank you. Let's repeat your email address again. Absolutely, Edward. My email address, my name is Matthew Hurt. It is uh, H-U-R-T-T, uh, and the email address is mhurt, M-H-U-R-T-T, at leadershipinstitute.org. And if for some reason, you, you know, you missed that, if you if you Google Matthew Hurt, I, I guarantee you'll find me. Uh, my activism is is routinely covered in the local press here in Arlington, and, uh, and I look for opportunities to advance our conservative principles through the media. Uh, and so I I like to have that space of the the first page of Google search results are usually something that I've done to advance conservative principles. Right. And and that's excellent. And I also want to encourage anybody of the older generations to also recognize that you can reach out to Matthew Hurt as well to participate in understanding and learning from the Leadership Institute. Unfortunately, we need to take another quick break for our sponsors. You are listening to Business Sense Radio all across the country, and we will be right back. Business owners, do you want to build a successful business? Invest in your most valuable asset, your staff. Alliance Career Training Solutions solve your staff training needs. Employees need to be successful for you to be successful. At Alliance Career Training, we provide professional, hands-on training classes, including Excel, Word, business writing, Outlook, and sexual harassment as required by law. Ask about our custom classes for your team. Call 755-8200 or visit us at alliancetrains.com. You want your property to be protected from break-ins, vandalism, and loitering. Yet guards and patrol services are expensive. ATG Protect by Alvarez Technology Group is the perfect affordable solution. ATG Protect is a video surveillance solution with cameras powered by artificial intelligence and backed by live guards who can intervene and scare off unwanted intruders and even call first responders when needed. ATG Protect gives you peace of mind and keeps you safe, secure, and successful. Contact Alvarez Technology Group at 831-753-7677 or on the web at alvareztg.com. Okay, so we're back here on Business Sense Radio, and we're having an in-depth conversation with Matthew Hart of the Leadership Institute. Now, we left off talking about 
getting young people actively involved in the tools and the community that they can join. Now, the other part of this picture, which is absolutely necessary, is because if you're giving, you know, some sort of funding to help these young people who are college-age students, they might not have the funding to go to some of these events and conferences that you are having, the Leadership Institute needs donors and supporters. Now, one of the things I want to say before I, I beg Matthew to give us more information about how people can participate is, you know, we are always talking on this radio show about the importance of protecting our children and our grandchildren and the future of our country because we, if we're retiring and if we pass on, we're going to hopefully leave some sort of legacy for our children. And it can't just be economic because the future is so uncertain in the political times that we're living in. <clears throat> so one of the things that you can really make a difference in future generations is to reach out, educate the young. So these college students, the 20 to 30-year-old groups, they need to carry the flag for America, for the um, Constitution, for the American dream. And one way we do that <clears throat> is we train these young people through the Leadership Institute, through Turning Point, and others. So I'm asking, uh, Matthew, how can people like myself support the Leadership Institute? It's a great question, Edward, and I'm, I'm glad that you asked. Uh, anyone can, uh, can contribute online to leadershipinstitute.org slash contribute. Um, but if, if you're not particularly well-versed in the internet space, uh, you can also just give us a call, 703-247-2000, and we can connect you uh, to someone who can process a contribution. And, and I'll say this, uh, you know, no contribution is too small. Uh, $25 covers, you know, mm -hmm. the meals for a few activists at a training. Um, you can, you can sponsor a youth leadership school for a few thousand dollars. You can, uh, and if you're thinking about legacy giving, if you're thinking about the next generation, obviously we, you know, you've worked hard to provide for your children and grandchildren and for your, your posterity. Uh, we have, we have options for planned giving as well. Our, our development and fundraising team, uh, connects potential supporters and supporters uh, with the the specific projects that, that you want to see uh, in your legacy. And it's and it's so important because we are concerned about the next generation. And, and one of the big complaints I hear from older activists is what's going on with with young people? What's going on with young voters? Why are they why do they trend socialists? Now I can tell you that most college students are apathetic. They're they're not actually liberal. And what happens when we send a field rep or a, a regional field coordinator or a representative to a college campus, we're able to identify students who may have no political affiliation, but when they come to one of our meetings or, or start a club with us, uh, they then become lifelong conservatives. And that is due in part to the generous support of donors who give five, ten, twenty-five dollars or two hundred and fifty thousand or above. Mm -hmm. uh, we're grateful for for all and of any them. place in between as well. Let's not any place in between. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. <laughs> so um before we start wrapping up here, there's there's one other thing that I want to bring up, and that is 
<clears throat> so many people that I know that have, have either worked with um, political campaigns or other things, there's an area called internships, right? Mm-hmm. So what opportunities for internships through the learning, the Leadership Institute is available to them? Edward, I'm a little biased, but I think that Leadership Institute has the best DC internship because it is, depending upon the spring, summer, or or fall semester, it is 12 to 14 weeks. Uh, the housing is free. We we have an intern house a few blocks from our headquarters in Arlington, Virginia. There is a stipend, a monthly stipend of I think it's eight hundred and fifty dollars. Now at the end of the program, you get a two hundred dollar book allowance to buy the conservative books of your choice, uh, and. In the course of the internship, you learn not how to run and get coffee. This is not one of those internships. You learn about the division that you're placed with. So if you're interning in our studios division where I'm sitting right now near our television and, and podcasting studios, you learn the hands-on, you know, how to run a studio. If you are in our political and fundraising division uh, with Kirsten and Christina, you learn how to run a training on uh, on training campaign managers. If you mm-hmm. are an intern for our youth leadership school, you go out and learn how to train at the youth leadership school. It is the most comprehensive, inclusive, uh, and well-paying conservative internship in D.C. But also, if that's not for you, there are other opportunities. In my role as the director of professional services, I am, again, I'm the consultant who can help connect you uh, with opportunities in your community. I just got an email yesterday from a young woman in Texas who is, she's very interested in getting involved in politics for the first time. Uh, and with a couple of phone calls, I was able to connect her with a conservative member of Congress. Uh, we're, so we're having that conversation about either interning in a district office or interning on a, on a campaign. And we can provide all of those resources to people who are interested in, and, you know, I just want to be a resource to conservative activists from, you know, the deepest blue progressive Seattle mm-hmm. uh, to, to conservative places out in the in the rural parts of the of the west Uh, it's a great great privilege to do it well that was a really quick hour and um i'm really appreciative and i'm sure the audience is very appreciative to hear everything that you have shared with us today regarding to the leadership institute the website again is leadershipinstitute.org there are many resources and it's a great value, and I, I have to encourage people to step up and donate, whether it's $25, $25 a month, whether it's a one-time $100 or $5,000 or $250,000. We have to stand behind our beliefs, and it's one thing to say, I'm disappointed with the direction of the one-party state in California. That doesn't make any difference. That doesn't make any changes. That's just an emotional thought. What we have to do is we have to activate ourselves, whether we can only do it financially or whether we do door-to-door participation with a candidate that we believe in. And so I only have to say, wake up, America. And Matthew, I want to thank you so very much for joining us today. 
And Edward, I, I appreciate the opportunity. And, and as I tell everyone, uh, you know, I'm the kid in the room full of horse manure saying there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so places like California, I, I have a special place in my heart for organizing conservatives in, in California. So we love the opportunity. We look forward to the next opportunity to be out there. And I'm just grateful for your time today, Edward. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much, Matthew. And again, I want to point everybody to the leadershipinstitute.org website and don't miss us next week we've got an amazing guest for next week's program and again thank you very much matthew have a great day all of you thanks for listening to business sense radio with your host edward king be sure to join us again next week At the same time on this very radio station for another edition of Business Sense Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff or management.